Well, hello, lovely humans, and welcome to Engage, a wedding planning podcast for the modern day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers and you go on your merry way because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. My fiance's brother will be ordained will be ordained a priest a month before our wedding. Wow. We want him to be a part of celebrating our ceremony, but also want a priest who is a family friend of mine to celebrate. Okay. We're working on finding ways to split responsibilities. We don't want to offend my brother-in-law by not having him lead, but also want my family friend involved. We're also afraid much of our family will be more interested in him being a priest than us getting married. Oh, I'm so sorry. And it will take over much of the day. How do we talk through all this with him or our family without sounding selfish about him potentially stealing the show. So I think there's two factors to this question. I think one is the logistics of how do we split up the ceremony? That's on me because we've had plenty of ceremonies where we've had multiple officiants. Mine was one of them. My dad's a pastor by trade. So do you think that he was going to walk me down the aisle and not spend a few minutes waxing poetic about something? Absolutely not. So we had someone doing the marrying process for us. And then my dad stepped forward for a special portion of the ceremony. So uh, there was a pastor that was like super important to my husband and I, and had played a key role in our relationship. And then my dad held a second special option that meant a lot to him that he barely made it through without blubbering. So I would try to find a way of splitting the two. Maybe it's, we've already had this conversation with this initial priest. We would love for you to be involved now that you're going to become ordained. Like what a special moment. Uh, What if we kind of split it in two, because obviously you're both important to us. What if one person does this part or we just have you come up for this. So logistically, it's almost in, in my opinion, the phrasing of how you deliver it. We're not trying to be misleading, but we're trying to intentionally make this moment sound special. Like we want you to be a part of this. We also want this other person whom I'm sure you understand as a fellow man of the cloth. We want this other person to be the celebrant for our big day because of who this person's been in our lives. Now, as far as the emotional stuff, Kara. Yeah, I mean, what I really hear in this question is just a lot of like anxiety and scarcity thinking. And I'm just like, there's no stealing your thunder, right? Like a priest becoming a priest is like a very cool thing, but he had his ordination day, which is like his wedding day. This is your wedding day. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be like the people that care will care and say like, it's so nice, right? That he could be a part of your, but it's your sacrament. It's your, like, there is no, I just think your brain is kind of like looking for something to like get a little about. And I think it's mostly not there. I think that everyone that goes to a wedding is pretty much most excited about the bride and the group, right? So I think there's some part of it that you could be generating a little of the anxiety. I want you to trust. Some of it's like you want to also control. So it's also saying like, nobody look at the pink zebra. Well, now we're all looking at things, right? So like, I think some of it is you can't control what people are going to think. So I would let it go a little, right. And trust that people are going to be appropriate. And that like, there is no stealing thunder. That's like saying that, like, well, if you care about him, you can't care about me. What if it's just that, like, you're adding more special by having these special people as a part of your special day, which Mm -hmm. makes you even more special, right? Like the whole thing lifts you. Not that like, it can't be stolen from you. That's just really how I read it. Like you're feeling like someone's taking and there's no, ta- it can't be taken from you. The attention cannot be taken from you in the way that you think it is. That's how it's coming to me. A little mind management. And it's a little, it feels a little bit like some anxiety is being a little displaced. 
Yeah. And I think that there's the element of the family members and feeling like the over the, the need to communicate. Here's why we're picking this person. Here's why we're making these decisions. And I totally understand that level of like over explaining myself. I am a massive people pleaser. And I, oh, in the beginning, if I ever got mean comments, I'd be like, I feel like I need to go tell them what, what I was thinking and why I was feeling that way. Cause if they understood why I was feeling that way, then they wouldn't feel that way. Uh, now that's of course the internet, which is completely different than someone you see at every single large scale holiday. Um, but it did take me a while to kind of wade through that on my own as well. Um, so I am so sorry you're currently feeling this way. And I hope that there is a little bit of that pressure letting off the hook of like, maybe they're not going to steal your thunder and maybe everything's going to be okay. And the logistical concerns, I get it. Those are easy to kind of feel like you just get caught in the cogs of those situations. But as far as splitting stuff is concerned, that is very easy to do. It's all in your delivery. In fact, Carrie, I think you said in a recent call, it's like, you can kind of say whatever you want. It's just how you say it that matters. Yes. Yes. <laughs> these are two, like you said, these are two priests. They, they do this all the time and they have their own way of like working out the whole hierarchy, like just introduce them, bring them together, explain why they both matter. And then yeah. let them work together. I think it's going to take care of itself. If you thought for one second that I was going to start a brand new podcast and not bring over Generation Tux to join me, you are sorely mistaken. But you guys, there's a reason that I keep talking about them. There's a reason that I'm so obsessed with them. And one of them is all of the free offerings to you as the wedding couple. Number one, free swatches. If you want to do color comparison or compare it to any dresses or linens or florals, they will send you free swatches. Number two, a free home try-on for the wedding couple with free round-trip shipping. All of that's free. <laughs> uh, number three. With five paid rentals, the groom gets his suit rental for free. Number four, with seven paid rentals, the groom gets his rental for free and then gets to keep the suit. You guys, if I have not convinced you to check out Generation Tux at this point, I don't I don't know who will. Head on over to wolferandco.com forward slash suits to claim your free prize today. <laughs> also, you guys, Generation Tux is having a promo right now for our community only. Get $20 off any suit for you or your sweetie for a limited time only. Use code WOLFER20 at checkout when you go to www wolferandco.com forward slash suits. My mom's family is very large and was already talking about our wedding right after we got engaged, assuming everyone is invited on that side of the family, great aunts, second cousins, etc. Oh goodness. We initially consulted with my mom prior to venue tours and she gave us a list of people she wanted us to invite. We booked a venue and it holds 110 max. Now it seems like all of our extended family wants to attend and that would put our guest count way over what was originally discussed, about 140. I do not feel comfortable inviting that many people over the max limit. So I'm planning to ask my mom if we can hold a wedding celebration party for her side of the family a few months after our wedding instead. Great idea. To add to this, 90% of them live in California and our wedding is in Ohio. I am doubtful many of them would actually come to the wedding since it would involve flights, lodging, et cetera. Should I feel guilty about this request? Will my family see this as being B-listed? Uh, the guest list has been weighing on my mind so much. My fiance and I feel like the wedding is turning into something more for our parents and not for us. Oh, Sam, I'm so sorry. We are not people who want to be the center of attention and prefer a smaller wedding. I just don't want anyone to feel like they aren't important to us. Any advice on how to mitigate any hard feelings is greatly appreciated. So this logistical standpoint, secondary reception, bomb idea. You get two parties. Like that's awesome. Now, obviously if you're funding both parties, that adds a little bit of chaos to the financial situation. My sister had the same exact thing. Uh, she got married in Arizona. We were from California. And so she had Arizona wedding and reception and then a California reception to follow. This is very common. 
And it sounds to me like you really do want to keep this group intimate. That's important to you. And I think that that's okay. And I think your family members probably know that, right? Like they know enough about you to know like this, she's not going to want a big party. He's not going to enjoy a massive crowd. So there's that element. I already think you are being honoring by offering that secondary option. Now, Kara, I'd love to hear your insight on this though. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, so with you on like, figure out those logistics that makes complete sense. And the ending sounds like you're really worried about just like, who's going to be offended or what they might think. And I think, and the feeling of your parents, it's becoming more about the parents and not you. So on those two things, and it sounds like mom started the problem with telling everybody a little, maybe yeah. jump, jump in real quick on the uptake. So I do feel like this is a great opportunity to lean into like giving mom some grace. And that is a huge part of the getting married process is the parents are a factor. They are mm -hmm. a big factor. And a lot of brides and groups want to be like, no, it's just about us. Well, these people got you to this point and they're psyched for you and they love you. And as you can see, their love spilleth over and creates chaos and all the things, but everybody else already gets that, right? Mm -hmm. These are her family. They get that she spoke out of turn and got too excited. So remembering too, we got to give people a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that they can follow, right? Follow the thread. And you were so solid. You booked a place at Fitz 110. You're sticking with that. You've got your other option. Hard feelings. You just stick to your script, right? We would love to have everyone there. We appreciate your excitement. Oh my gosh, we're so excited. But we're having this small wedding here and then we cannot wait to celebrate with you there, right? It's just acknowledging that you feel the love from them and you appreciate it, right? Mm -hmm. Don't foxhole and pretend like, I'm so embarrassed that I didn't invite you and now I don't want to see you. No. Accept the love, take it in, grateful, and then can't wait to see you on the flip side. And then the wedding planner me goes, well, you already booked it. So um, you can just say, unfortunately, there's no more space at our venue. And mm -hmm. at this time, it's not a good idea for us to even look for another venue because that's, uh, have you seen this economy? No, ma'am. Um, so using that as like a, a fallback of, this is why I always tell my clients, I'm like, blame me blame me. You know, I mean, obviously you're gonna have to wade through the emotional stuff too, but the fact of the matter is you already booked something. It's booked. Yes. That it's booked. It's Great. done. Yep. There's no getting your deposit back. There's no creating more space. There's no patio outside that you can seat another 30 to 40 people on. It is what it is. It's already happened. Let me offer you this plausible solution for another alternative. So I can spend more intentional time with all of these family members. And then they don't have to travel. That sounds like an amazing deal to me. Yeah. It sounds like a win-win-win. Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with family members that have flat out said they don't care that you're getting married nor when you mention it? Oh, I'm so sorry. This is my second marriage to divorce for good reasons. And after five years, we decided we're getting married. This is immediate family, mothers, sisters, a lot of family issues on both sides. Any tips on second marriages? Kara, I am, I'm not even going to lead into this one. This is, what do you think? There's a lot here. Uh, and what is really sort of like pinging me is like, what are you looking for in their affirmation, their excitement, their enthusiasm, right? Like I have said it before, like no one actually owes you their enthusiasm. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt like hell when you don't wow. get it, right? It really hurts. And I totally want to honor that, acknowledge it. And I bet it goes back like a long time, right? But I think it's really important that you separate all of that, like, all of their reactions to you getting married, what are you making that mean about the second marriage, right? Because you're jumping from what the friends and family or what the family is saying to tips on second marriage. And I'm like, 
maybe it's nice to walk into second marriage a little more just the two of you a little like you know what it doesn't matter what anyone thinks because we got to focus on the two of us like mm -hmm. there's just so many things that feel tied emotionally into this what are you making it mean that they're not excited mm -hmm. are is that making you doubt your choice or is that just making you feel some old childhood wounds of like not getting it right is it making like what's it bringing up for you and that's what like i would love to get clarity so i would just ask yourself what am i making it mean that they're not excited does it mean i'm making a mistake or does it mean that they're being jerks or like right because mm -hmm. it can it can mean so many things right maybe they yeah. still love your first person or like i just don't know all the context but you need to be the one who's real super clear on what it means that they're not excited for you and you know I, I don't like that you said that no one owes you their enthusiasm because it's really accurate, but I, that's <laughs> I was like, I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down immediately started sweating. It's hard because it's such a season that's been so celebrated as like the happiest day of your life, which hopefully y'all don't hear a lot of that coming out of my mouth, but it, it is really hard when it, there's this anticipation. And obviously this is something you've done before. News break. <laughs> Weddings cost money. Sometimes like a lot of money. And I want you to spend your money wisely and invest it into what truly matters to you. So let's make your budget together. Visit weddingbudgetquiz.com now and I will help you craft the perfect budget for free. Free and free. Uh, if one of my best friends asked me to be in their wedding about 10 years ago, would I need them to be in mine? The last few years, we have not been super close. I'll go ahead and take this one. Etiquette wise says no. Etiquette wise says the last two years, which has been an absolute cluster fluff, uh, that <laughs> I would say, you know, let's say the last three years. Right. But if you're talking 10 years ago and you're not really that close anymore, and it's one of your childhood best friends, but it's like attending. Yes. A part of your wedding party. I don't think so. Any, any additional thoughts? I mean, I am just like a quick night, but just like, this is about like your authenticity. Like, like mm. you don't just like no, it's not tit for tat. People, no. Yeah. Honesty, integrity, like authentic, what makes sense, right? It would probably be very awkward for the woman to get this, like, I got to be a what? Like, no. Do yeah. what makes complete sense that honors the past, the present, and the future. Keep it real. Our wedding will be multicultural, and half of our guests would probably feel very awkward having an open dance floor since it's not a part of their wedding culture, whereas the other half will most definitely expect to dance. Oh, what a conundrum. Okay, any ideas on how to navigate these split expectations? What should we prioritize? What do you want to prioritize? Is it going to be offensive to have a dance floor or just unexpected? Because in my experience, like there was one wedding where it was Mexican and Greek. I even did a behind the scenes of it. It was one of, and the couple were dancers and it was so great. And they would take turns playing Mexican music and Greek music. And it was total combination of two completely different cultures. So that's where it start first. Is it going to be offensive to have a dance floor just because they don't expect it? I mean, then just keep it small. They don't have to use it. And the other half of the family can, or the other half of the guest list can. So as far as the split expectations, is it expectations for what you're doing with your time? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be on the dance floor or do you want to be with people who are not dancing? Or do you feel beholden to kind of spending time with both? Um, that's kind of what feels like where the question lands, because unless there's going to be a level of being offended by having a dance floor present, I don't personally see a problem with having it. Any thoughts on that, Kara? Yeah, to me, the thing that where I hadn't sort of, I'm sort of unfamiliar with like which culture this kind of works or would be the scenario. I, it was making me think about like the invitations that are like 
dinner and dancing to follow so that like make sure that's on your invite so like for the ones who might be like, oh yeah that's good wait <laughs> I, wait I'm the planner I should have said <laughs> no 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 but I know what you mean it's like because if if no one has if this cultural like expectation they might yeah. not ever see that no they might but also invoke the gossip mill this is where the rumor this is why all the chatty aunties come to Back. help you and instead so just be like whatever culture is not expecting the dancing or what just send it through right mm -hmm. send the ripples through so they can all either prepare for it or yeah. whatever and then it's like oh do we need a lounge area or we like a different activity whatever but like this is where you use all those chattery people to help you spread the word so that they can do the work for you so everyone's not all <gasps> clutching their pearls if they see the dance floor right like let these people do the work for you to spread the word and get everyone ready for however they're gonna celebrate you. If you are struggling with wedding planning and you have questions and you just need someone to listen and to chat with, come join us in the Master Plan community over at themasterplanwed.com. I would love to have you in there. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can let the podcast people know that Jamie knows what she's talking about sometimes. <laughs> and until next time, Bye, guys.